media at a rapid, rapid pace. So why wouldn't the church take advantage to uh, evangelize a new group of people given the new technologies that have been uh, afforded for us, the new platforms afforded to us to reach the masses? Yes, I agree because I had this conversation. Uh, Hello, Mr. Bernard for watching. I see Pastor Hall watch is watching it and he shared as well. He was a pastor from last week. So blessings to you. Thank you so much. Um, Here is what I've been sharing with the church as well is, especially when it comes to the youth, you have youth that are exposed to technology, iPads, tablets, like at one, two years old that can go on uh, YouTube and, and, and watch and know where to go, <laughs> how to maneuver <laughs> around. And you have their the school system, you know, the educational sector who has implemented uh, technology. And so you are just, I mean, they're used to technology. You have youth now that are five and six years, years of age and they know how they know the iPhone and only wants right. the iPhone. <laughs> Literally, they like, they're like, I gotta have the iPhone and they know right. it. So they're so accustomed to in the sector world to technology. And I agree with you when it comes to the church, we're like, okay, we still got Sunday school books. We still got Bible right. school books. You know, why don't we have apps, applications? You know, what's what's the disconnect though? We know it's happening, but like why can't we kind of like grasp that there's a difference that the world has already adapted to technology but why the church like why is it why is the people of god why are they so slow in you know in right, doing embracing this? new technologies yes why you know I, I would imagine from culture to culture the answer would be a little different however um I can say that when Jesus said that we would do greater works, it didn't mean that we would do greater than him. I remember when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount, when he um, talked about the Beatitudes. Um, Right before then, he saw Peter them out there fishing and masses were upon him. And he summoned that a boat be used and they launched back so that he could project his voice uh, across the water so the masses can be able to hear what he had to say. Well, since then, we got microphones. And since microphones and organs and all kind of electronic devices that we use in the church now that have become commonplace, when technology increases, it seems that what um, is put off by the older generation younger generation is going to usher it in regardless. Yes, yes. I mean, to try to get uh, someone to go back and use a rotary phone, you remember the phone that you have to dial and turn or going back to push buttons. I I was talking to somebody. Yeah, I was talking to somebody that's 30 years old, 30 years old, and they looked at a rotary phone and they said to me, and I was just in utter shock to be 30, to ask this question, what is that? <laughs> what wow. is that? They, they've they never even see, seen a pay phone. And so to send them back um, to attempt to say, hey, we want you to get stuck in this, it, it, it would almost be like telling a preacher of our day to not use a microphone to get a boat and stand out and project so uh we have to embrace these new forms of media we have to embrace right now it's being said according to the pew report that millennials believe in god but they don't believe in going to church 
they don't believe in going to church now please say this oh please say that again yeah. please, please say that again you know as we are looking at uh, millennials and their disconnect uh from the church right now you know they can consume media at a fast rate you you've mentioned it now my granddaughter uh will grab her ipad and uh she'll get around youtube and go around the internet at the age of six or seven and, yes. and now you bring them into the church and you'll say stuff like leave your ipads at home leave your uh, leave anything I, I know some people now still have an issue with people reading the bible off their phone because yep. the people bible say to <laughs> Uh, yep. Of course, I, I personally believe that the word is the word. Now, if it's causing distractions, like wanting to visit YouTube or Instagram while in church, I could understand that. However, uh, to take a millennial and and to tell them uh, to go to archaic ways, uh, what they would consider archaic ways, like the rotary phone uh, of worship, um, it would be tough for them. It would be tough for them. Yes. Um, so embracing media just makes sense it makes common sense bernice i i I think about um embracing this kind of media pretty much like uh the disciples when they were being sent out to all the regions of the earth yes and um you know they went to asia minor and and other places uh and they went out well this land of of technology in the information age Mm -hmm. is like a new place that needs people adequate to break the word down yes uh in that place to continue to evangelize a group of people Mm -hmm. that may never come into the church yes i i I, i'll i'll end with this because i talk a lot no 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 yeah i have a podcast called be little speaks Um, I created it once the pandemic came around and um, I went into all of the platforms. But when I was going ahead and and beginning to check um, how the podcast was tracking, something amazing happened. Um, I put a sermon that I had uh, preached some time ago via this platform and just used the audio. But I was able to see that people in this region of Germany that I'd never heard of listen to my podcast. They listen to the word of God being preached. I don't even know how to pronounce the name. It starts with an L, Lithia or something. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, when you're starting to track the matrix on this, you start, you're, yes. you're able to see where they listen from, how much of uh, the sermon that they listen to or the broadcast or whatever you're doing. And it amazed me because they began to listen to the majority of what I had to say about Christ and what I had to say about God. And this just amazed me. Uh, And it was in that moment that I understood how it could be that all would be able to be introduced to the gospel and how it is that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. I didn't even realize the impact uh, I would have. I just was trying to get out there before I realized that this is a valuable platform to Uh get the word of God out. It's a a platform. Yes. Uh, uh, And I'll, I'll stop here. Why you keep saying that? Go, go. (laughs) Let that be a live preacher. (laughs) But I remember when some of the mega churches started embracing ATM uh, or uh, started taking credit cards, rather. Started taking credit cards in church. And I remember the generation before it just thought it was blasphemous, that it was evil. But 
the only time that I have cash on me right now is if somebody pays me uh, in cash or, or donates cash to me in love offering. Yes. I pay my lights. I pay my rent. I pay, uh, you know, all of my uh, bills, all of my utilities. Um, I go out to eat several times a day, maybe too much. <laughs> <laughs> I consume my entertainment, <laughs> never touching cash. Even now, you're starting to find that there's That's a corn me. shortage. A corn shortage. Uh, there, I'm going to restaurants, and some people aren't taking coins anymore. Unless you have the exact amount of change, they, they don't want to take your business. Now, how can I continue to not adapt to an ever-changing world? How can I allow young people, especially during this time yes. of pandemic, to... Uh, be evangelized by Google and YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to that. Yes. And that's why um, some of the senior state statesmen, the elders, and, and those that have older churches, I would encourage them to enter into the 21st century so that we can continue to evangelize the world. So I, let me ask you this. Um, let me first say I totally agree with you 100%. Now, last week, Pastor Gwen Hall, he's on now. So hello, Pastor Hall. Hall. He mentioned, you know, one of the challenges that he has had is um, now he believes technology is the way to go. So Uh for those churches who, you know, believe, oh yeah, technology is the way to go. And uh, and they have young people, but what happens when the young people aren't as motivated you know, what's your take on that too? Maybe maybe some strategies or advice you would give to build some type of motivation. Um, you know, what's your take on that? Because we will have Kyrie. He must be super excited because <laughs> he is in the waiting room right now, right. ready to come on. <laughs> right. But, you know, what advice, um, you know, would you, I mean, or, or what's your take on that? You know, as right. far as like the young people. Well, I, I would say if you were an older pastor and you were trying to reach uh, millennials and uh, try to bring them into the fold, uh, my first plan would begin to start with prayer. Of course, prayer is very essential, and I know I'm preaching in the choir. I know that most of us who are tuned in now uh, has made prayer part of our regular lifestyle. However, uh, the Bible says, who goes to war without first counting the costs? Who builds a tower? without first considering that they have enough uh, to complete what they began. With that being said, if winning young people and meeting them where they are, I believe begins with first prayer uh, and meditation and then being intentional. Once again, intentional. What does that look like? I mean, that, that means meeting with your staff, meeting with your team, asking all of the right questions, running a SWOT analysis. A SWOT analysis is just saying, what are our strength, strengths? What are, what are our weaknesses? What are the opportunities that we are missing out on? What are the things that are the threat, which if you don't have young people in your church, um, that can almost kill the legacy of the church in the long term. And then after uh, asking those questions, uh, if you have enough to finish, then start implementing plans that genuinely get the gospel before young people, because the the gospel alone is going to be impactful uh, with the work of the Holy Spirit. But what good is it to have the gospel if nobody's 
position to be able to hear it. And so becoming intentional about how can we get the gospel, how can we get the good news, the message before young people has to be a part of our contingency plan. Now, a contingency plan uh, is just something we put in place in case something happens. None of us uh, believe that when we're driving that we're going to get into an accident. None of us plan on getting into an accident. None of us plan on getting sick. Nevertheless, we pay life insurance and car insurance and, and um, we do these things, um, medical insurance, just to make sure that we have a plan in place in case something happens. Uh -huh. And so we have to become intentional about planning, about going after uh, the young people, surrounding ourselves with younger energy, um, allowing outsiders, because sometimes uh, we can get into this mindset of uh -huh. us four and no more. <laughs> yes. I don't want to bring any, any new people. I don't want to bring any new uh, yes. <laughs> attitudes oh yes. and, and, and things of that nature. But we have to break that stained glass window. You know, if we're going to move from 75 members um, uh, that attend our services on a Sunday to 100 or to even 200, it takes an entire new mindset. Mm -hmm. And so asking God to work on us so that we can put together a plan. Yes. And the key word I think that is very vital is being intentional, uh, bringing people uh, that are smarter than us, that are brighter than us, uh, and surrounding ourselves with those kinds of people that can help us to plan to evangelize that generation. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Now, uh, let me pause to say hi, mom, because my mom, Mary Williams, she's been supportive uh, watching from um, YouTube. So hello, mother. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, speak to my mama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to respect the elders now. <laughs> I'm Listen, well. Mr. Bernard Rose says, granddaughter, you look like a kid yourself, sir. LOL. <laughs> uh, and he says, forward thinking. Hello, Lashika. Good evening. Great evening to you. Uh, Kiara, what's up? She's from uh, Sanctuary of Praise, Bishop Jackie Gibbard Grant. Listen. Awesome, awesome. She's the media specialist at her church. Wow. Um, and so she hashtag new mindset. Yes, right. thank you so much, guys, for watching, even those on YouTube and also Facebook on all the pages of Loma Creative Services, including uh, my personal page and fan page, Bernice Loman. Hello, everybody. So, yes, hey. <laughs> so, um, with what you do, and, you know, with training and, you know, making sure that leaders are equipped. Um, and I'm sure this is one of your conversations that you do share being futuristic. Um, for those who, um, like those pastors who say, you know, I do want to bring in people, but what's the first start? Like, what would you, of course, prayer, you know, right, what's right. like, what's the first um, you know, if there's like a, a group of people you would think of or like, what's their first, like, what's the first step? Because there may be someone who's watching and say, yeah, I'm ready. I love to bring someone in, but what's my first step? Well, well I believe that where God guides, he provides. He's a God of providence. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, when we pray, 
uh, we pray waiting for God to do everything. But when we pray, we have to um, be willing to move our feet. <laughs> be willing to move our feet. And of course, I talked about the plan because if we fail the plan, we plan to fail. If we fail the plan, we plan to fail. Yes, yes. But then, you know, God has an amazing way that if we are obedient, he'll begin to provide the resources that we need. Um, where uh, We like to say it in the church, where God guides, he provides. You know, I would imagine that if we would just begin to look around our churches, we'll begin to see young people right there in our pews. Now, every culture is different. I, I believe that a church here in Southern Louisiana will be a little different from a church in um, mm -hmm. California or New York. Yes. But being able to tap into the heartbeat of your region and your area, and of course, with media, this now puts you into the world. Um, but getting those young people around you and being intentional yes. with gathering them together yes. and uh, um, begin yes. to train and educate and impart to not fear them because they're loud or rambunctious or uh, full of life and energy, but yes. to embrace that energy and cultivate it in a way uh, where it could be a legacy uh, for your church. I mean, it can be your legacy, your lifeline uh, of the church to begin to start meeting with young people right where they are. Now, um, I teach a, a course on how to get into live streaming uh, to pastors. And, and we talk about, you know, five ingredients of a live stream. But one of the most important ingredients is being willing to equip equip young people uh, to work in church, to put them to work, to begin to allow them to discover and to learn. I mean, in anything, when you empower people uh, to take ownership in what they're doing, most times they'll work even harder uh, to figure it out and get it going. So the first phase would be to begin to embrace, to engage and gather the heartbeat of the people that God are leading you to evangelize. That's good right there. Yeah, and Pastor Hall, um, he's on the Loma Creative Services Savannah page, and he says, yes, the outside, how they, how outsiders make the best church workers. He says, yes. I, I agree with you using technology. Great evening, Miss Georgette. Um, and she says, amen. Yes, and I have uh, some new comments here. Hello, Pastor Melvin. He was our first pastor for the first uh, segment. Kiara says, uh, embrace the energy. So true. Yes. And Pastor Rasco says, that's it. The young people will push you forward. Right, right. You know, um, mm -hmm. one of the churches uh, that we have an opportunity to give influence to um, was uh, a dynamic church to its community, to its neighborhood. Uh, definitely dynamic, but it was ruled, if I could say, or governed, governed is a better word. <laughs> it was governed by the elders. They were educate, educators, professionals, um, most well into their 70s. And when the pandemic came, uh, they had no website, they had no electronic ways of giving, and when we were forced to be home, I mean, the, even the thought of a conference call, they didn't even know how to do that. But something amazing happened um, because their children and their grandchildren were able to step up to preserve the legacy of the church. 
you're talking about churches with over 150 years worth of history, um, now third generation uh, leaders, deacons and elders and, and ministers that are in this church. But the pandemic forced them to listen to the, the millennials and the baby boomers and those. Now, this is important to say. I, I know uh, someone said that you look like a child, Bernice. <laughs> I almost look like a child yourself. I've got to put this out there because I know everybody says he's too young to know anything, but I'm 47 years old. With over 18 years of pastoral experience. Wow. And so I need to say that because I know some of you just think you don't look too much uh, older than the person that's coming to speak to the youth in media. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's very important to know that some of those people now you're talking about a church that is governed by people that are in the 70s and 80s. And so people like myself, who almost 50 and 60 getting ready to some of us getting ready to retire from some jobs and things of that nature had never worked in the church. They never served as secretaries. They never served as deacons. They never served. But now this pandemic forced um, people to listen to the people in their congregation who had attended for years silently, sitting in the pews quietly, um, just waiting to be used. And now that church is a total different place. They've embraced media now. Um, now the elders felt comfortable after getting through the pandemic and, and setting up websites and setting up um, uh, you know, platforms to give and and something happened, something tremendous happened because yes. once the platforms were set up, they had family members in places like Texas and California and Georgia and Florida who started attending those conference calls, who started donating and giving and something strange happened. The giving didn't go down, but when they added electronic giving, it actually went up. So the elders that went before us that know the way, once they trusted the, the younger people to run and continue to be close to give the wisdom needed, um, because relationships don't change, people don't change, and elders can see straight through that. Yes. But when they release 50-year-olds and 30-year-olds to, to become involved, they begin to see a dynamic um, level of growth in the church. So sometimes we just got to trust God and not be worried about what's going to happen with those younger people. You know, I'm laughing at them in the comments. <laughs> Kiaris is 47. Wow. Ah. Elvin says he's two years older than me. Wow. What's in the water there? <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. So, so oh, go ahead. Okay. No, I said with grandchildren. That's how I was about to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So he knows what he's talking about, guys. He's, uh, for those who are just coming on, um, I know you, you said Melvin, you, Pastor Melvin, you just came on, but he, he is Apostle um, Brian Little. He's the second presider of the Bridging the Gap Fellowship International. And even as an entrepreneur, uh, he has a company, Vineyard Media Group, and that he serves as an all-inclusive content creator. So he knows it both from a media and a spiritual uh, perspective as well. So that's why I'm glad that I did invite you and you said yes, because you 
you can you understand the importance of it even from a spiritual but this is what i want to ask you before you go because we have well if you want to stay you're welcome to stay because kiri has literally been on for 15 minutes so he's super excited i got his text and everything yes he's an apostle um pastor rascal says um god's uh, grace and peace yes don't despise the process yes so um here's a question though for those leaders um the 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 leaders who aren't as tech savvy and as you said you know during the pandemic has caused a lot of ministries to say okay we got to do something like literally i got like several calls even just the other day this person like listen we got three churches sure down here. You're hearing me. I, I think my connection may have slowed. Um, yeah, it is. Anything right now. Okay. All right. Get out and come back in. So even um, there was one pastor uh, that's. I just spoke with I'm him. Technical difficulties. Oh, hold on. All right. So I'm going to get you out and come back in. Okay. All right. Here we go. We got some technical difficulties with him, but I'm going to. Um, allow him to come back in so but what i was think what i was stating because we are we're we are still also on a podcast so for those that are listening in uh apostle brian is going to come back on he's going to come back on in on this video chat so we can have this conversation but as he was stating about um you know churches or pastors that because of the pandemic they're like okay i gotta do this i have to do something i have to have a a way where people are giving online i have to have a way where people are connecting and so my question for him hopefully he can come back my question is for those pastors that you know it's their first time or they're not so accustomed to technology but they realize that they need to i feel like there are some pastors though that say i want i'm 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 new to this. I'm okay with getting it, but how do I do it in a way that I'm still getting God's message across? And I ask this because there are some pastors that feel, you know, that it can kind of like water down and it's not like that in-person um, experience. I've heard it. I've heard pastors say, you know, it's nothing like touching and, you know, don't forsake the assembly of the church. Uh, you know, I uh, had a, I think it was Pastor Hall who said, I, I enjoy, you know, hugging and kissing my members and embracing my members. So my question would be, you know, what advice would one um, a person as Brian you know what advice would he give so i'm waiting on him but as we're waiting on him to come back i'm going to admit Kyrie in the room who has been waiting so hello Kyrie. um how are you gonna ask you to uh unmute and come on in with your video you doing okay yeah i'm doing fine how you doing <laughs> awesome we lost pastor let me chat with him um yeah, we lost them for a minute, but that conversation was so, so, so good. And did you have an opportunity to uh, to watch and listen? Yeah, I caught the, the tail end of it. I caught the okay. tail end of it. And I was agreeing with what he was saying. I was, yeah, I was agreeing with what he was saying. And yes. that question that you had, I was saying that the pastors have to be willing to learn how to transition to technology and be a learning to know what's going on and trust whoever he has appointed to 
the technology department to trust in what he's saying and yes. going with it. Oh, we're going to talk about that. So for yeah. those who don't know who you are, I'm going to pause just to introduce you a little bit. Um, okay. He is, this is, it's Kyrie, right? Kyrie? Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, okay. Um, Kyrie is his name, Kyrie Sheard and Ashton Sheard and he is the media and sound director for Fresh Fire here in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> so, um, so you are a youth. How old are you? I am. I'll be twenty-three on April sixteenth. Okay. Okay. Happy early birthday. So he's 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 young, and you're also coming from a media perspective. So mm-hmm. let me say this from what you just said okay when someone has like a leader or pastor whomever has given you authority to be the media person is there sometimes a challenge or would you is there a challenge where maybe there's a pastor or someone that may say um I'm gonna give it to you but I'm gonna shadow you like as a young person you know tell us about the experience how do you feel should they sort of like shout at you or should they totally trust you all together because I'm kind of like piggyback what you mentioned in the beginning <laughs> it, it depends on the pastor it depends on the pastor as now I don't know if the pastor has any trust issues or anything else in that kind of nature then that's that's one thing but as for leading it with the church then you should trust you should be able to trust your media director with it and letting him guide you into the direction that you need to be guided in that the Lord has given you. Um, as far as giving them full access to it, don't give them full much access to it because it's technology can get expensive. It can get expensive and you know churches they don't have the funds and necessary needs to get everything that they want at that moment. But your tech, your tech director should know what, how to break it down to you and give you the way that you're supposed to be going and get you where you need to be. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Mm. Okay, so I, I, you know, I have to ask you this as a young person. Um, you know, we're gonna go back a little bit, back and forth from your. I'm gonna ask you from your experience from a media person, and but I also want to glean a little bit from you as a young person because mm-hmm. we've had so far in these um, in these series pastors who say, you know, how do we encourage young people? Um, you know, how do we get them motivated? Um, you know. And you have been faithful, um, you know, consistent with being in media as a young person. So my first question would be, you know, as a young person, how do you stay motivated? And like, what's that motivator for you? Because I think all pastors kind of want to know that. Like for most churches or pastors that I've talked to, their, you know, their goal is, okay, we want to be futuristic. How do we get more young people involved? So what was that like for you, that motivator? Like, I got to stay here. I got to keep doing this. Like, what was that for you? My motivator first, it started with my parents. My parents, they kept me, kept all of, our, all of my brothers and sisters in church. They kept us, kept us going. And they never took us out. They never did anything. And when we go and they had, uh, youth night or everywhere else they made us go and made us interact and that's part of that situation but as for another motivation is the church itself as in okay is the church welcoming is the church 
embracing everybody that's that's they need to embrace is is they true to their word is they true to this is they true to that it's, it also plays a part in with what the church has going on as well okay okay I, I I agree with that. And when you were talking about, you know, your parents, I 100% agree with that. I think it was last week. Um, it was the first or last week. I think it was last week we were talking about um, how, important, how important parents play a role mm-hmm. in 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 their li- in their uh, children's lives as well as it relates to ministry because I mean I remember doing a program as a youth leader and needing some youth uh, to participate and when I asked the parents they were asking the kids did they want to participate and I was like huh? no that wasn't like, option for us when I came up <laughs> well I was like you have to be here at this such time this mm-hmm. is where you have to be and it has mm-hmm. changed it is definitely changed mm-hmm. and it's like same thing with my brother my brother he played football he was in the sports they say yeah you can go do your football you can go doing all this oh but wednesday at six o'clock i'm coming to get you you're going to bible study That's sunday how morning you're going you're getting up and you're going to church there's no if and a buts about that Yes, that's that's what y'all it is. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so this is good. Let me let me because the, the the topic has been church live stream versus church in person. Mm-hmm. So as a young person, do you feel that you're missing out in the in person, or would you prefer? the live stream experience because I know and I think you heard a little bit a snippet of tonight where we were talking about young people are accustomed now to app applications you know going online and interacting from there you know about Snapchat Instagram all of that and then you have the church who are looking for more of an in-person thing but what's your take on that as a young person like what do you expect as it relates to learning from God are you wanting the same with the secular more of a a high technology or as a young person are you okay with that in person well as for me I'm okay with the in person because even when the pandemic hit I was still in church I still had to do the live and everything else but as for the live stream youth has a attention span that's not that long they don't have an attention span for that long so we have to find things that's in church that's going to grab our attention and hold it for as long as it possibly can without letting it go. Mm-hmm. But now as for the churches that they have to sing songs, the praise team has to sing songs and drag it out for I don't know however long that they don't <laughs> need to drag it out for. Yes. There's no point to that. Um, just sing the song and get it done to where it needs to be done at. As for pastors and preaching I know we can't rush God's word and I would not ever do that but when you're getting to the point where you're just repeating the same thing over and over again. Oh my god. That's oh oh my god. Listen. We had this conversation that was it the second. Yeah it was last week. Part two. And yeah, when Lakeisha Womack came in, so she has, uh, she's the owner of the Womack Consulting Group. And so she's a minister, ordained ordained minister, but she also is in the media. She, you know, amazing in the media. And so we were having a dialogue and she and I, and then Pastor Hall last week, 
and we was talking about that. Like, how long? Well, they were, I think it was Lakeisha who says, oh no, she didn't really want to, um, uh, she didn't want to rush the word. Like, she's like, there was a time where you could be in service two, three hours. And I'm like, no! Like, I love God, but I feel mm-hmm. like, mm-mm. no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> no, 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 you yeah. lost me. So I know mm-hmm. you probably would lose, you know, a young person as well. And see, as for my mom's old church, mm-hmm. we'll go to Sunday, we'll be up going to Sunday school at eight o'clock. Okay, service is at 11. We'll stay in there, we'll get out like three, four o'clock. And that's just all the preaching. Hey, that's all the preaching we're going to get. But when we come back at eight o'clock, then we ain't getting out until 11. And that's all day Sunday. That's that's our Sunday. Wow. So I understand that long preaching for what? Yeah, I was saying, oh yeah, this is what I was saying. Um, you know, as a media person myself, I was mm-hmm. sharing that how I've seen services that ha- that were very long, but I was able to cut it as a video editor and cut it in like one minute, like one, two mm-hmm. minute. It was a high peak time of, you know, you could kind of tell, and I know you would know even this as well from a media perspective, you could kind of tell the meat part of what the mm-hmm. pastor or preacher is saying, and you can pull that out and just share it. So, well, the mm-hmm. pastor done preached all of this. Ha, ha, you like, okay, okay, this is what you're trying to say. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. let me cut this part out. Okay, this is the mm-hmm. meat. And, and send it out, and it will bless literally bless people life and you got a pastor who be on for so long and I'm like no you don't need to you don't lost the people mm-hmm. yeah you've been on for so long but said <laughs> so little yep yep I'm so mm-hmm. glad you said that as a young person and I think this is a really good conversation to have uh, it's really good to have you on as a young person to share that so they understand like yeah we don't want to <laughs> so let me ask this because I mean, I know you to be a media person of fresh fire. So um, let's give a shout out to your bishop. You got to give a shout out to your bishop. Hey, Bishop <laughs> Lee F. Jenkins, Jr., fresh fire. He's all, the, all y'all at the firehouse. Hey. <laughs> we got to shout him out, give honor to the man of God and your yeah. parents who do very well in raising you. Um, and that's what I was going to say. You have a good upbringing, as you say it. You know, your parents raised you. Now, I want to, though, um, I want you to talk, though, or, or share a little bit from your peers' perspective. Because they're, of course, you were raised in church and you are there still now working and serving in media. But what are you hearing your peers say? Those who didn't have maybe an upbringing as yourself, um, you know, what are they saying of why? they don't go to church or they're not as motivated. I think it was the first week. Was it, was it the first week or, or was it last week? Someone has said that um, the youth said it's not cool to participate in um, in church. What's your thought on that? What do you think your peers are thinking? I've heard that, that it wasn't cool to serve in church, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong. Um, but as for my peers, Some of my peers, they're still here in Savannah, but they don't want to go to church because it's too long. They 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 have a life. They they are young. They can get out and do what they need to do. I understood that. But as for as for which one would I balance out? Do I want to 
balance out de- dealing with all this mess or do I want to be in God when stuff goes wrong I know who to turn to so I chose that role and I stay in the church so I know so we're on the conversation of you know the, the length of service and I hope you guys who are pastors who've been following these segments I hope it is blessing you maybe perhaps changing how you do things uh, Apostle Little said you know changing like strategy changing different methods doing something different and by the way guys he's back on so I'm about to bring Apostle on Apostle Little back on um kiki says hey kiri janae says speak <laughs> so they say hello they're supporting you for fresh fire um so what would you i know you you definitely would suggest changing the length of the service but is it like how though what does that look like would you suggest singing one song um that would capture them because you have some youth that if the choir sound good they'll they'll rock to it and Mm -hmm. i and i know this to be true so um so what would you you know you are as a media put your your media hat on now so even yourself as a media person and a young person what would you you know for the pastors who are watching you know and they're like we want to hear from a young person what do you want you know what do you think young people okay it's long but what do you do do you remove a song do you um does the pastor just say I, uh, they need to stick to one particular topic maybe cut up series maybe um speak for 20 minutes um cut out do you want to cut out the offering just having to give through cash out like what do you i mean what do you what do you want like what do you think mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I must share how our service really goes. Um, when we come in in the morning, I set up and I do how I do. Um, but our first lady, she does confessions and she she starts at 10. She try to get there and start around 9.50-ish, around that time. But as long as she start by 10, she'll have like 15 minutes. She'll try to stay within that 15 minute range. And then praise and worship comes on. Now we still try to find out how they're going to Set the atmosphere with songs. So we try to do a high praise song and then a low praise song where we, we worship in everywhere else. And then our bishop comes on and he tries to stay within that 45 minute range, but Bishop Jenkins, you know, he closed like 15 times. So <laughs> we still gotta play with that on him. But mainly time is is our best thing to manage time as humans time is just something that we we really don't care that much for because we have all the time in the world no it's not like that time is very valuable and it's of the essence and we have to know how to manage our time best way that we possibly can and do the best thing let me give you um, some of these comments that, that are coming in. Calvin J. Ford, thanks for watching us. Um, he says, do you believe the praise team carry too much of the pastor's weight during service? No, I wouldn't say carrying the weight. I would say, okay, the job for the praise and the worship team is to set the atmosphere for the pastor. So therefore, you, you have everybody in high praise and you have everybody in worship. That's the praise team's job. So when the pastor comes in, all he has to do is give you the word and you decide what you want to do with that 
and you think on that and give your life to Christ when that time comes. Okay. Um, Mr. Rose says, sometimes it's not interesting to young people. Church thought leaders have to find ways to make the gospel relevant to the young people. And Kiara says, time management is super important, especially for mm-hmm. you. After a certain time, they definitely lose interest. Mm-hmm. So would you say mm-hmm. a 30-minute service, 45-minute service? Well, I mean... Well, I would say now, like with our church before the pandemic, we had children's church, and we had those, those kids that in their age groups, they went off to a different side because everybody can't sit in the adult service. So we had them go off to where they can learn God and experience God on their level. But a lot of, I see a lot of churches don't have that and they have the students and the kids and everywhere else inside the main sanctuary. Got you. Um, Mm -hmm. Damian Gordon, uh, Pastor Gordon, thank you for watching. He says, it does not seem to be cool because a lot of churches are not addressing the issues that are important to the new generation. You think that's true? The new generation, yeah, I'm not going to admit, the new generation, they have, they're not going to stay for an hour preaching or a two-hour preaching. They're not going to stay for that. They're, they're just going to get up and they're just going to go because I've seen it happen many of times. But as for the new generation, they have to come and meet with the old generation the old generation have to come and meet with the new generation they have to meet somewhere in the middle so everybody can get what they supposed to get okay i have another comment that came in um the sister youth are not the focus because they do not give to the church like their parents do what's your take on that <laughs> yo look hey the comments are coming in so okay so we did have a pastor. The very mm-hmm. first pastor that kicked it off was Pastor Melvin Rasco. He's out mm-hmm. of um, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, New Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, shout hey. out to yeah. And he mentioned he said, "Listen, you know, to be real, Bernies, you know, the the older generation they are sort of the financial pillars. They give to the to the ministry, so they're trying to, as a pastor, um, you know, I, there are some senior leaders who are trying to cater." to the older generation who might say, I don't want this technology thing. I don't want to do no live stream. Don't give me this phone. I'm coming in them doors. I'm going to touch people. I, you know, I, I want to hug the pastor, you know, and don't give me no app. Don't give me, you know, these things that I have to do. But so what's your take on all of this as a, you know, as a whole, what is, what's your take on, you know, you feel like the church should incorporate or in, I would say include um, you as the main point of or should it be a balance like push your take on all of this i'm just saying i wouldn't say put the youth as the main people or the main purpose because the youth is not the only people in the church i would say we still have to go get that balance to figure out which one works best for our church now every church can't work the same system and get the same results oh my god please say that please oh I'm serious. I, I listen. I had to pause and stop for a praise light right there because last night I shared this inside my uh, Facebook group, Christian Business Owners Facebook group, and I said, you know, every church 
gotta know their strategy. You gotta know your purpose, you know, because what I'm what I've been realizing is that especially now doing the like why every church is online, it's what I'm seeing is it's giving churches to really look at other churches, like really hone in on their service. And it seemed like they're doing, they're duplicating what someone else does. Like one church do the drive-through service, all the churches doing the drive-through service. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, church who's knocking everything down to do a LED wall, all the churches doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, what's your, what has God called you to do? And so I'm like, listen, I'm so glad you said that every church is different gotta know the procedure that you're gonna use for your ministry and your mm-hmm. and your strategy and I'm so glad a younger person is saying this <laughs> so thank you go ahead go ahead I'm sorry yeah as, as for that the churches you can't get TDJ's results if you're working in GEI Church of God in Christ you cannot do that you just can't that's not gonna work everybody is not the same everybody's not gonna give the same it has to work for your church and your church only. Mm-hmm. All righty. I'm glad. Does anybody have any questions for Kyrie? I'm going to bring on Apostle um, Little again. He's back on. Um, Calvin says, wow. Um, the uh, Demond says, but the youth is the future of the church. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I agree. I think, I really think the main, of course, the main focus is we are sharing the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, Calvin says, exactly. Um, I, I, I really think, I, I really think the youth should be the focus. Like, you know, of course, you know, I, of course we're going to spread the message of Jesus Christ. My goal is, I, what I'm thinking now is that exactly what Demond says, you know, the youth is the future. And if you don't have any youth, you don't have, um, you don't have any youth that are in, in, in motivated and, and attending the service. They don't know your vision. And I mean, there's no, you don't have no church in the next 20, 25 years. It's, that's it. So that was my conversation with the older, um, well, the pastors before you, well, before this segment, I was like, if we are, um, if we're so focused on the older generation, of course they give, but what happens 20 years mm-hmm. from now when they're mm-hmm. sad, sad to say, but we're going to die on, we're in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, when they pass away, you got the younger people. And so I'm glad we having this conversation because mm-hmm. like, you know, we need to, of course, we're not going to tell you to water down the gospel as a pastor or whatever, mm-hmm. but we are just mm-hmm. saying, we have a young person right here saying your service is too long. So mm-hmm. can we kind of like change it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. more people can come in? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, I, I don't think there's nothing And then there's that. what pastors have to realize, there's nothing wrong with preaching some this Sunday and then preaching some next Sunday and preaching a series of things because you cannot get everything at one Sunday. And that's a lot of pastors try to do, cram everything into one Sunday and think that we can take it all that in. It can't work that way. Uh, someone asked us, ask him, does he eventually want to become a pastor and guide his own ministry? Um, I haven't really been called to do that 
I've heard people call me bishop and and, and pastor, especially when I was younger and I was in school and everything else, because I, I never really did what normal mm-hmm. kids my age do. Yeah. But but if God leads me that way, then I, I'll go that way. Okay. And Kevin says, but the youth are the legs. The older is there for the wisdom and we are there to do the work. So are the elders being prideful? Mm, Jesus. Yeah, you have some elders that stuck in their ways now. You do have them. Oh, I'm about to bring on Apostle. Because, see, Apostle, this is what he does as far as, like, teaching and affirming and training. Mm-hmm. Um, Apostle, I got you on, so he's joining in. Uh, hopefully, the connection is much better uh, now, so we can have this dialogue with him as well. Uh, so, Apostle Little is coming back on. I see he's joining. And, okay, I'm reading, trying to get all the comments, because we're on YouTube, Facebook, personal page. Loma Creative Service Savannah, Loma Creative Services Atlanta. So I'm gathering little by little. Um, Texas coming in. So um, I'm trying to make sure. I noticed last week I missed a couple of comments because I wasn't viewing the other page. So I want to make sure um, uh, I do include everyone's comments. So. Where's Pastor? Uh, Apostle. Um, someone says that you today do not honor elders. Uh oh. Now that goes say? back. <laughs> that goes back in the stand of Ross going child. That goes back to that. Now, if we have parents out here that want to be the child's friend and not instill what God instilled in you, that you are the child's parent, you're responsible for this child then yeah, they don't have the same respect as you would for an elder. Yeah, I I want to say this, and I mean, I, I might be, uh, I guess, uh, looked at another way. Now, I'm all for honor. I, I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I do, I'm all for honor, but I do also believe that there are a lot of stuck up elders and older people who don't want to embrace young people, think that their ways are wrong. Um, And so I think sometimes the way they treat younger people has caused younger people to kind of like push away. I've seen it happen even as when I was growing up, you know, there were older people, they were like, what you doing? You know, why are you doing this? Why you wear this? Or, you know, why you act this? Why, Why are you doing this? And it came off like so harsh. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think there are a lot of, I'm going to say in the church now, are older people who know how to truly embrace younger people. And it has caused a lot of the younger people to kind of like push off or push back a little bit. That's what I've seen as well. Now, I'm not saying don't honor. I mean, young people do need to honor. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we adults, we need to honor people as a, as a whole as it relates to you know honoring someone older i just think sometimes that is what happens as well yeah about that because i had experienced that for myself and i just realized this and we me and my pastor and um my first lady sat down what they told me was now i'm not sure if this is going to offend some people i'm not going to i don't mean it that way but we cannot be punk christians you Uh-oh. can't be punk Christians. That means 
if somebody says something and offends you, okay, you go to them and tell them, okay, you offended me and we got to fix this and get the situation done so therefore your hands can be clean so you won't get offended because the Bible says take no offense. So we don't have, we can't have soft skin. You just can't have soft skin because everybody's not going to be the same yeah. way as you are. <laughs> Somebody says me tomorrow, you should be ashamed of that comment. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I said, listen, I said I might get some kind of like <laughs> side, side eye or whatever, but I mean, I've seen, I've seen this happen. Um, I've seen this happen where older people aren't as embracing because they don't understand the youth. Um, and then I think too, sometimes older people can forget, have amnesia that they too have been young, yep. <laughs> you yep. know? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, 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 that's, I'm sorry y'all, but uh, well, that's just what, <laughs> that's what I believe as well. Listen, I have Apostle, you can keep talking. I got Apostle Little coming back on. Hopefully he could join um, us again. Yes, he's coming on. Hello, hello. Did you get a chance, Kyrie, to um, hear Apostle Little earlier? Just a little bit. Just a little tail end of it. Okay. Apostle Little, have you been listening to Kyrie's conversation with me? To uh... I'm sorry. I asked you to unmute. I can't hear you. Unmute. There you oh, go. Everybody can hear me. Yeah. He's back. Indeed, I'm back. I was able to hear a bits and pieces. Of course, I've been having technical difficulties. Never ever have them, but today seems to be the day. Mm. It was that crazy. This word gonna get through today. Yep. <laughs> so, um, we're just having a conversation, you know, about honoring elders, um, older people, um, understanding younger, the younger generation. Uh, we're talking about some changes in, in the church so that, you know, younger people can be, be more welcoming, welcome to, um, to, to church. Kyrie did say, you know, some of his peers and said church is too long. Um, so we're just saying some, what kind of changes can be made? Um, you know, as a as a whole with the church, so that younger people can embrace um, ministry more. So, what would you, what would be your take on that, uh, Apostle? You know, uh, again, this pandemic has caused us, I believe, uh, to uh, be innovative. We had to find varying ways in order for us to meet together as a church. We um, had to depend on gifts in our church that we didn't even know were there. And when I say that, I mean, you know, in the elderly that governed the church because technology wasn't their forte, they were forced to depend on millennials and to depend on baby boomers now to help bring the church as we know it into the 21st century. And so I believe post this pandemic, it's very important that we um, are innovative. There's, there's a part of scripture where um, the children of Israel were asked to follow the cloud by day and follow the pillar of fire by night. And I affectionately call when he moved, you move just like that. If we're not, <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> you move just like that. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that we have to be willing to flow with God. Sometimes it's time to sit at a brook. Sometimes it's time to move forward. 
Um, and one of the things that I found is, you know, when you're when you're the new kid on the block, you believe that you're innovative, you believe that you're cutting edge. But if you stop growing, you start dying. The moment yes. you choose not to grow any further is the moment you chose to die. And so yeah. to uh, start to swear off uh, with the old church statement, we don't need all that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the moment that you begin to die and not mm-hmm. be a part of what would be considered the greater works. Yes. Yes. Now, Apostle Little has, well, over 18 years experience um, in church growth. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is Apostle Brian Little. He's the second presider of uh, the Bridging the Gap Fellowship International, and and he also serves as an entrepreneur. He has his own company, um, Vineyard Media Group, which he serves as an all-inclusive content creator. So for those who are just coming on and wondering, you know, who's this young guy? He already told us he's 47. He's been in this for a long time, so he understands Um, media and also you know ministry as a whole Um, I do want to share some of these comments hello mother Paulette she is on Um, Calvin says how can we the youth know where to grow when the elders pass away if they never had us involved Mm. (laughs) Uh oh (laughs) I mean I I think it's a great question I uh I remember uh, being launched out in the ministry and I was so ill-prepared. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I think that I've wasted my first years just trying to get up to speed um, because plans had put, hadn't been put in, faith, uh, in place by the uh, um, earlier church fathers to make room for us. Now, of course, um, I attended conferences like E.K. Bailey and, and um, of course, uh, other church development conferences, but how much more if uh, the leaders took upon an Elijah approach? Mm. So it, whether whether yes. you like it, when you think about the um, transfer of power, the shift in leadership between Moses and uh, Joshua, um, Joshua served. That's number one. Joshua served. Joshua was in the position. When everybody was away building golden calves, Joshua couldn't go into the mountain with Moses, but he was sitting at the foot of the mountain waiting for his leader to return. So it's there's it's no coincidence that when Moses is taken off the scene, that Joshua would inherit the responsibilities of leading the children of Israel into the promised land because he was willing to serve. Now, I've got to be honest with you, uh, Minister Sheard, I don't know how to properly uh, pronounce uh, your title. I don't know what you are, Pastor Sheard? No, no, I ain't a pastor. <laughs> okay, all right. Not yet. Right, right, right. But the truth is that you have to have people willing to learn, willing to serve. Yeah. Elisha, yeah. Elisha, who continued to travel the country and just follow after his mentor, as to which he was able to receive the mantle of his mentor Elijah when he was taken up in the whirlwind because he stayed close but I believe that the church fathers the church mothers those that are in a senior leadership 
that we need to develop a plan, cultivate a plan um, to prepare and disciple and to grow and trust God more than you trust the people you're preparing. Because I know some people get intimidated because the younger generation is coming in with all of that fire and uh, they might try to take my church. They might try to cause a rebellion. But this is a case where you have to trust God. You have mm -hmm. to trust God more than you trust yourself. That's good. Now, okay, what I'm going to do, because um, these comments are coming, so I'm going to read a couple of comments. And then after I read a couple of comments, Carrie, I do want you to say, you know, your feedback on all of this. And then, you know, Apostle Brian, you can come in. But it's, it's a lot of comments coming in. So I'm just going to read a little bit of everything. Y'all tell me. Um, someone says, youth are very ignorant. Youth don't want to learn to serve. They want to leave first and serve second. Um, and then um, someone asks, how do we get our youth back into church? Someone else says, respect is earned. Majority of the youth are not respecting them because they're too busy working in, quote, religion and not, quote, spirituality. Uh, someone says, our youth have fallen away from the church. And uh, someone says they don't want to hear the truth. Someone says it does not help that on the political social spectrum of things that some kids are absolutely confused as to folks who claim to be Christians, but then speak more specifically of what has been happening social justice. Um, arena. When it comes to our election cycles, particularly this last one, some people's behavior literally turned demonic with vile, wicked attitudes towards each other. We but have to look at what has been happening in these recent years with the incredible amount of ugliness, extreme attitude, hypocrisies, vitriols, and they are seen with many of us in the adult population. They don't know what to think or what Christianity is supposed to look like help me somebody come on Kyrie talk to us Christianity that's faith that's the best thing is faith is to trust God about that that's point blank is what that is that's your Christianity belief is trusting God and having faith with him now as for the youth the youth have to be willing to learn and then the elders have to be willing to teach. We have to stop putting each other against walls because we're in this together. We're we going to see God one day. We all going to see God one day. Now, some of us who going to stay, some of us who not going to stay. Hmm. But we have to work in the middle, work together to get God's word through. That's just the base bottom line of it. Whether we're young, whether we're older, it's that's the bare minimum and base thing that we have to be done with. Now, as for attitudes and everything else, we have to push those aside because we, we got to be about God's business. If we're not about God's business, then what are we doing in the church? Mm -hmm. And another comment is, respect goes both ways. We have to find a way to make it interesting to the youth. And also, I had no option as a child. I had to go to church. Apostle Little, what you got to say? <laughs> what do you have to say? You know, I, being right in the middle, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say, closer to the younger. <laughs> that's if I wanted to be that myself. <laughs> but being at the, this uh, midpoint of my life, I'm going to say something. It's going to seem a bit um, challenging and, and 
maybe even sound like a soft rebuke, but Again, no! God is still alive and well. That he still okay. ruled the earth. That he, okay. Am I still here? Hello? Yeah. yeah all right, you're back with season. us now. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. You know, I, I still believe that God is alive and well. I, I, I truly do, and I believe that He holds all power in His hand. He's in control of nature. He's in control of lives. He's in control of the hearts of men, and He can win whomever we want. With that being said, I think that all parties involved, old and young, should stop watching each other and start looking more for God. Because, I mean, if I'm starting to judge my spirituality uh, uh, based upon how other people are running the race, (laughs) you know, I'll miss it. I'll, I'll make this admittance to you. And it's one that I don't make often. I know I've got over 18 years in ministry, but I've got to say that the first couple of years, almost 10, I'll be honest with you, were lost trying to imitate other people that I thought were successful. Doing a lot of mimicking. I looked at those that I believe were doing it well, and I was trying to pattern myself after them um, without a measure of success. But when I stopped trying to please people, when I stopped looking at other people's journey and their walk and developed my personal relationship with God through Christ, um, that relationship caused me to be able to hear God greater, uh, to be able to do more. Now, I'll be honest, um, shared when I was your age, I served under a taskmaster. I mean, he was a hard leader. No other way to put it. Um, He was mean. He was honored. And sometimes I ask, God, why did you have me here? Now, if I would have watched him alone, I I think I would have left the church a long time ago. But because I began to seek God in in asking him, why do you have me here? What, What it is that you desire from me? When that became a part of the process, when I stopped looking for sermons so I could get hallelujahs and amens from the pew and started reading and developing my relationship with God because I needed to get through some issues and some problems and I really needed God in a very real relevant way. That relationship with that taskmaster began to show me and I began to learn that God had me there not to learn what to do, but what not to do. I would have mm-hmm. never understood the other side of the coin if God had never placed me there. Now, if I looked at the person alone, again, I would have been out. I would have left. But because I cultivated a relationship with God on my own terms and I sought after him on my own terms, I was able to, to eat the meat and throw the bones away. That's like mm-hmm. chicken. <laughs> you don't stop eating chicken simply because bones were in it. You, you you eat the meat and you throw the bones away. And that's mm-hmm. the experiences uh, that we have. So um, I think when each person just really cries out to God and invites him in, I believe uh, that God will speak to them. And even beyond that, if you try to be a Jonah, and I've heard the youth referenced as a stiff-necked generation <laughs> that don't want to <laughs> listen to anyone, but Jonah was stiff-necked when he didn't want to go to Nineveh. But God found a way to get his attention. And so we've got to believe in the youth, continue to do, as the man of God said earlier uh, today, I love the way that he said, with the elders being willing to teach 
and the youth be willing to learn. Make sure that we're just doing the part that God gave us to do. I totally agree. Totally agree. I agree. Well, this this wraps it up, guys. Because <laughs> uh, we've been here for a minute. But um, I'm excited about um, this five-part series. Next week is going to be four-part series where I'm going to bring in um, some uh, youth leaders as well um, that they're going to share from their perspective as well. Because I really think um, what God is doing during these series is honing in into um, the youth. And so um, I'm just happy and glad that you guys did say yes and we're having this dialogue. Now, as we end, uh, is there something that you guys want to end with or just a, a, a closing? I'll let you go, Kyrie, and then I'll let Pastor uh, Little, if you can... Uh, end with a few words my end thoughts is with the youth don't don't go into your to the church with a mindset of okay i have to be the best i have to be this i have to be fire and i have to look at and i have to outdo the elders because the elders been here born they have set that place for you as for the elders don't go in with in the church with a mindset of Oh, I gotta outdo this youth. I have to do this. He taking my spot or whatever else have you. Don't go in there with that mindset. You go in the mindset of doing what you're called to do. Keep your eyes on God, and everything else will smooth and iron out. As long as you keep your eyes on God, everything else will be right on where you need it to be. Hallelujah. Well, I, I, I echo his sentiments. I wish I could be original. <laughs> I wish I could say something different or something deep. But I think that what he said has great wisdom in it. You know, uh, having seen the direction of this conversation, I really believe that it's very important that each individual um, chases hard after God, like to do in the morning, to, to chase after God in your own way. You don't have to look like the people uh, before you. Um, God knows who you are. He knew who you were when he created you. He knew your limitations as well as all of your gifts because he gave them to you. But instead of using um, everything that he gave you uh, and looking at people and wanting to be affirmed by people. Now, I do believe everyone should be connected to a leader. I do. That leader is going to sharpen you. Uh, he or she is going to to strengthen your gifts, shake up your gifts. Uh, however, whenever you see some things that don't seem to sit right in your spirit, you've got to look past them and continue to see God. Just because everything is not going your way doesn't mean it's time to leave. Just because it seems that you, you are not being used or maybe being used too much, um, Making those decisions um, out of your carnal knowledge, out of your emotion, is a bad decision. So it's very important to keep a life of prayer, um, young or old, keep a life of prayer and just go with the peace because I believe that peace is a commodity that God only gives believers. Now, we can get happiness from happenings. We can find joy um, from the things that we experience from this world, but if we remain connected with God, Philippians tells us that he'll supply us with a peace that surpasses all understanding, all understanding. 
you think that you're being used, you think you're being railroaded, but when you pray, he'll give you peace in it. So we have to trust that God is going to give us a peace that goes beyond what we see, what we fear, feel, that goes beyond our um, limitations, that goes uh, beyond our hurts and pain, and continue to keep God a part of the process. Never put a period where God has a comma. He's still moving. He's still God. He's still in control of it all. And whether it's you starting a media ministry, developing and cultivating the youth, God will get the glory in the end. That's my two cents. I hope it blessed you. It has. Thank you so much, Apostle Little. Thank you so much, uh, Kyrie. Uh, thank you for um, saying yes. And I mean, it's part three is awesome. Uh, so stay tuned, everybody, for uh, part four of the part five series. Um, I want to say a big shout out to everyone who's been very supportive there. I've seen people who've been on from day one and have been following these series. And also, as you were saying um, earlier, Apostle, uh, about, you know, the analytics. And I was looking at uh, the podcast um, analytics earlier and I'm like, wow, God has, you know, expanded. We have people in Ireland, United Kingdom, India, Philippines, Canada, Germany, Kenya, Australia, Sweden, Nigeria, South Africa, and Denmark. Yes. So God is really, you know, his his word is being brought forth to the nations. And so I'm just super excited for what God is, is doing. And thank you so much, everyone. And see you next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for part four of the five-part series, Church Livestream versus Church in Person. Blessings. <laughs>